0: And welcome to this week in Nickelodeon history. Uh, now we are just gonna kind of jump right into this week in Nickelodeon history, and I uh, have a few other things after this because this week, unfortunately, we only have one show. We have one show to go over um, that that started or ended between May 16th and May 22nd. It, it's it's crazy. I have like I could certainly bring up and talk about the fact that the Brady Bunch. Um, Nine years ago, on May 21st, started airing on Nick at Night, and then ended on June 24th, 2012. Or I could also mention uh, the fact that Wings, on May 22nd, 2005, uh, 16 years ago, stopped airing at Nick at Night, and that's, I mean... There's some information for you, uh, you know. As obvi- as I've mentioned before, as as time got, goes on, um, each week we will build on top of one another for more nuanced little trivia for this week in Nickelodeon history. But you got to you got to start somewhere. You got to start at ground zero, at the bottom, and work your way up. We'll, we we're gonna cover this week every year anyway. So, um, but this week happens to be the 20 year anniversary of the final episode of Cousin Skeeter. That's right may 19th 2001 was the final episode of cousin skeeter created by phil bowman alonzo brown and brian robbins the current president of nickelodeon which isn't that much of a surprise given uh, brian's consistent work with nickelodeon that goes back All the way to the 90s, he is actually the creator of All That, which then helped spawn a bunch of other shows like Kenan and Kel. He was an executive producer on The Amanda Show, on The Nick Cannon Show. Um, Even on Fred the movie which eventually would would in some way shape or form be connected with Nickelodeon there Uh, He he has been working behind the scenes on television for decades Uh, So him helping create Cousin Skeeter here not that big of a surprise also because here he is is his second Nickelodeon creation Cousin Skeeter stars Robert Richard who plays the role of Bobby Walker a young man living in New York City with his father, played by Rondell Sheridan, Andre Walker. Uh, Rondell, you might be familiar, also played the uh, the father on That's So Raven. Um, and then his mother is played by uh, Angela Means, Vanessa Walker. Uh, so the Walkers are uh, living in New York City, and they're joined by... Uh, Bobby's cousin, cousin Skeeter, who is moving from Georgia to live in New York City with his cousin Bobby. Uh, the gimmick of this show is that Skeeter is a puppet. He is a he is a puppet. He's not a Muppet, so don't don't think of like the Muppets. But uh, uh, Skeeter is a, a puppet human, uh, voiced by Bill Bellamy and performed by Drew Massey. Uh, the show is is very charming. It's it's incredibly intriguing to watch because. Um, it's, it doesn't take itself too seriously, obviously, given the fact that Skeeter himself is a puppet, so he's does puppet shenanigans that you would expect a puppet to do, and no one kind of blinks twice at it, um, and, and that's kind of where a lot of the charm comes from, the relationship between Skeeter and his cousin Bobby. Um, uh, Bobby has his entire life seemingly tossed around with the fact that Skeeter has moved here and kind of getting in the way of things Um, usually getting Bobby into trouble uh, but they end up you know getting out of it completely you know totally fine and and their relationship grows as the series goes on I, at one point I, I think they even cr- have a crossover episode with Keenan and Kel which means these two take place in the same universe and uh, don't get me started on on crafting a a Nickelodeon universe. I I already have thoughts about that in my head on how many of these shows are are actually connected. Um pretty much anything that that Dan Schneider had his hand in usually is all connected together and um yes, it's actually a Cousin Skeeter episode called who uh, Who I'm a Wild Wild West. There's two parts to it. So it's basically an hour long with uh, Skeeter Bobby and then his friend Nina, who he obviously has a, a crush on throughout the episode. It's his it's his best friend. It's it's that classic like, you know, it's like Danny and Sam. It's it's oh, she's my best friend, but I really like her type type deal um cousin skeeter was a constantly highly rated show on nickelodeon it lasted three seasons and 52 episodes which you know is a lot like that's a lot for this show 52 episodes of cousin skeeter i i think that's a fairly successful metric to look at if you're a fan of this show i would definitely go and check out the interview that uh nick rewind did on youtube they had a show uh hosted by anthony padilla uh, one of the co-hosts of Smosh, one of the original two Smosh fellas, uh, they, he did a show called Throwback with Nickelodeon, and in one episode they actually bring on Megan Good, who was on Cousin Skeeter as Nina, um, and they actually bring out a Skeeter puppet, and and it brings her to tears. It's it's so sweet, you know that that meant a lot to her because if you go back and look at her her early career there. Um, you know, cousin Skeeter certainly wasn't the first thing she she got to do uh, working on television, but that was definitely her first main role. She was in a lot of episodes of Pacific, you know, not a lot, but she was in episodes of Gabriel's Fire, Pacific Blue, Touched by an Angel. But her main role, cousin Skeeter, that's a that's a big that's a big moment. Um, I like the show. I I think you know, in terms of like, I, I've been kind of racking my br- brain recently on the possibility of rebooting some other live action Nickelodeon shows. Um, They are bringing back iCarly and, and I would love if they brought back Drake and Josh and it would really make a lot of sense for a situation to be where, you know, Josh inherited the home and has children. And I know it's been done and it's kind of full house style, but maybe Drake moves in as, you know, uncle Drake to help take care of the kids. Maybe something happens to, uh, uh, Mindy and um, and Josh there I don't know they get divorced or something you could you could have fun with that but there's there's something there I wonder if cousin Skeeter could work in a reboot sense like what if Skeeter didn't age because he's a puppet maybe they maybe Bobby is just starting to to kind of notice him and just be like maybe they're starting to point this stuff out and get it gets a little meta on itself a little bit there would that be something fun or would, I, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't touch it at all. Maybe <laughs> just keep it in the 90s. Uh, I, I believe I saw that Cousin Skeeter is available on Paramount Plus. If you do have a subscription, c- give yourself a chance. Check it out. It's a fun watch. I enjoy it. And and that is that that is literally this week in Nickelodeon history as far as the shows go, but that's not uh in terms the last thing I'm going to talk about today. Um, to give an update on my Legends of the Hidden Temple casting process weight loss challenge of the year all right um so since last week i have changed up my my diet a little bit i added um i didn't get to start the yoga regimen that i've been wanting to get back into i used to be really heavy into ddp yoga at at probably the most intense time of weight loss in my life and i got out of it because the partner i was with just she was kind of the the rock to help me go with keep going with it and when she stopped it was tough to keep that going so um, I'm going to be getting back into that Uh, but it's been a week Um, a few things I wanted to make clear too. this is just full honesty for myself I I I gain nothing in lying to you guys or um, or just making it seem like hey I'm losing five pounds every week this is going great meanwhile I'm gonna be the same weight uh, so last week I was um, 319 pounds, 0. 0.6, 319.6. A week after I've, I've changed up some things, my coffee, I, I've just taken completely black, started that up, started putting in a bit more steps into my day before I start getting into the real heavy workouts and whatnot. Just, I want to get my body ready. Um, I lost a pound, 318. So um, it, it's it, it's little things. It, it's It's been good so far. Um, I only weigh myself, just underwear, keeping everything consistent, and keeping track of this as well as as I move forward. Uh, my partner and I, um, you can actually uh, fill out an application for Legends of the Hidden Temple if you go to legendscasting.com. They are now casting for Legends of the Hidden Temple, the reboot that is going to be coming to the CW, the reboot that is meant for adults you have to be at least 21 years of age to enter you need a teammate with you you can't enter as a single participant so you have to enter with somebody and just to get you prepared for this they're not only going to ask you a lot of the obvious information like your where you live and how to contact you they're going to ask you a lot of questions about you and your teammate um i don't want to go into specifics about my teammate and i i don't want to ruin any possibilities i have to get on the show um but if you would like that's where you can go and and uh, apply to be on the legends of the hidden temple reboot it seems like they are going to be filming in july of this year uh in la um i don't know the what happens if you get chosen i don't know about that process I don't know that even if I were to get chosen, if I could tell you, but what I can tell you is week to week, I'm just going to keep chiming in, letting you know how I'm doing. Um, and, and it's kind of my accountability. Like that's, that's what I'm using this for. Um, I'm like being very open about myself and, and, uh, my goals and it's the internet. So, um, yeah. And, And look, if I don't get on, my goal is to still keep this going till to at least till July to see see the results and at least hopefully be on a healthier path moving forward. Uh, but but I'm going to be intensely training for the temple as if I know I'm going on for uh, up until July. Um, and and that's my my goal there. Now, as far as Paramount Plus goes, they have been releasing a lot of Rugrats content. Um, help that are all to promote the upcoming series premiere of Rugrats on may twenty seventh. We are almost a week away from the Rugrats entering our lives again, brand new Rugrats content. beyond the the first look and the trailers they've released, they've actually uh, have been releasing a few shorts for the series. Um to kind of give you an idea how the how the world works, just maybe even the pacing if if these are really full on, Um, representations of, of what the exact show is. Because here's what's weird. At least one of the shorts they released are kind of a redo of a previous episode of Rugrats. The short is called Tommy's Ball, and it's kind of the characters reminiscing, at least by the end they're reminiscing, of this moment that happened in the very early season's of Rugrats um, and what's crazy is I just rewatched this episode recently and I actually w- watched a couple of big episodes from season one and if you have access to go b- back and watch that first season do yourself a favor and and go back and watch some episodes because I think when people think of Rugrats adventures they imagine the babies using their imagination But I don't think everybody remembers just how really intense and in some cases fatal the adventures that these babies would go on. Um, In the first season, beyond Tommy getting uh, locked in toy stores and being in the back of post offices where he could have been injured, um, he finds himself kidnapped like, there is an entire episode of Rugrats from the first season in which Tommy is literally kidnapped by two kidnappers from his front lawn. And I sitting there going, I this never clicked on how massive this is. This is a massive moment in an episode. But the second episode of the series called Barbecue Story um has it, it's pretty much it was it was crazy. I watched Tommy's first birthday and it was they shoved almost every character that they knew they were ever going to use in that episode. I, I always forget that they didn't take their time introducing the adults or the parents. That first episode, they were just like, here's everybody. Here's our cast, including Tommy's, Uh, maternal grandparents like everybody is on board I love it and they continue that with barbecue story the next episode has all of the characters together having this this, um, barbecue and during the episode Tommy is showing off his new ball Angelica steals the ball won't give it back to Tommy as he's demanding it and because Tommy won't say please she ends up knocking it out of the yard into a, a further yard away outside of the fencing which causes Tommy to cry Dee Dee to come over. He sees that the ball is is still within reach. He can see it uh, and decides to go on an adventure with Chucky to reclaim the ball. The problem being is that where the ball ends up being is a yard that includes one of the scariest looking dogs I've ever seen in an animated cartoon. And this dog is charging after Tommy. It's probably one of the scariest moments I can think of in the entire series. Tommy and Chucky almost being, at least Tommy almost being mauled Uh, by this dog, it's, even though you know Spike in the end makes the save, spoiler warning, um, it's, it, I always forget just how intense Rugrats was at the beginning of its run, so do yourself a favor and go back and watch a few of those early episodes, but they recreated the whole scene in which Tommy shows off his new ball, um, it's, it's almost one-to-one, as as it is in the original cartoon. Um except I don't know. It's there's something that no matter how good a CGI show looks, the idea that it's going to be perfect almost. Um, with you know, in having just seen this episode, I, you know, it's it's very early Rugrats animation. It doesn't look super pretty, but I think that grittiness of The classic way they used to make animation the 2d animation the way, you know, sometimes they look just slightly off model Like that's that's a lot of charm that you can't get in a CGI show um, And if you do you almost have to put in extra effort to try to match that And they didn't try to match it They're, they're going with their own style and I think it looks great because there's a lot of moments where if you just pause the show, you can kind of sit back and appreciate some of the nuanced details that you don't really get to see. Um, in one frame, if you pause it the right way, the lighting shows that Dee Dee's dress has texture to it. It looks like a cotton dress. It's not just this single red piece of fabric there. There's actual fabric showing. You can see the little strands on Tommy's hair. A lot of effort went into this show, and I think some of it should be commended. Um, the, the voices are, are definitely going to take some time to get used to, and it's but it's just certainly puzzling why they had to feel the need to replace them in the first place. Um, think about this. Michael Bell, one guy voiced both Chaz Finster and drew pickles there's one guy who voiced two characters that's one paycheck instead of having to pay both timothy simmons and tony hale who i can't imagine tony hale coming very cheaply i i love arrested development i love tony hale he is an absolutely incredible voice actor he's an incredible uh comedic actor he's an incredible Character actor, I have no doubt that his Chaz Finster is going to sound wonderful, but like, was it worth going out of the way to change it? Especially given the fact that one of their biggest, uh, like, marketing points for the revival series is the fact that they got the original voice cast back. Um, And it's got to feel weird for for some of the voice actresses. Look at Kath Susie voicing Phil and Lil. Um she also voiced Betty DeVille in the original series and now she's got to sit back and and watch somebody else voice that character. Um it, it's it's you know Natalie Morales. I I don't know. I, I maybe they just looked at this as a chance to just get more people in in voice roles. I I can get behind that, but for that I say bring on new characters. You know, add in new neighbors on the on the street. What does what are the neighbors directly next to, to Stu and Dee, Dee look and sound like? Do they have kids that the babies could play with that could be a part of adventures? Um, cartoon characters, and and I'm going to quote Hot Diggity Demon here, cartoon characters are their voices. Um, Betty DeVille, Kath Susie brought so much energy and character to that voice. Um, is it worth it? To spend more money to bring on a new actress to fill shoes that she doesn't have to fill. Why do that to the actress? Because Natalie Morales may be a wonderful character actress in her own right. Character actor. Excuse me. Um, but I don't know. It's to give her her own character that she can grow with. That she can call her own. Because now there's just going to be people like myself who you know, spent their childhoods watching a character like Betty DeVille, like Dee Dee Pickles, like Stu Pickles, and, um, you know, not being able to to hear those voices. I'm going to probably repeat a lot of this during the review of the show. Um, you know, uh, of course, the one character I'm really looking forward to see is uh, is Lou Pickles, Grandpa Lou, now being voiced by Michael McKean. That one interests me um, because, obviously, with with both uh, Joe Alasky And David Doyle not being able to reprise their role as as grandpa. um, That was one that was going to have to be replaced anyway. But it seems like they've just taken a complete different direction with grandpa, because not only did we get the Tommy's ball short, we also got a short involving uh, Tommy and Spike with Spike bringing, you know, taking Tommy out of his crib to get him to open the door so that Spike can go outside. Uh, they start howling at the moon. It's a cute little short. Uh, we get to see that the Pickles now have this uh, little shed, this kind of hangout area outside. I Somebody has... There's a name for what this is, but it's basically a little hangout area. You, It's glass doors. You can open it up. There's a chair. There's some tables. It's a really nice, sweet addition to the Pickles' backyard. Um... And the last piece of, of uh, footage that we got was we, we got the official theme song for the revival, which is an absolute beautiful re of the theme redone by the original uh, composers, Mark and Bob Mothersborough. Mark Mothersborough, shout out to him, um, who was actually the inspiration for, uh, for Chucky's hair. Um, both uh, brothers there, of course, bring uh, bring us the, the band Devo, for those that don't know. Uh, of course, known for the song Whip It, one of the cult classic songs of, of my life. Absolutely love it. So they have not only the uh, beautiful rendition of the theme song, but they also have so many callbacks to the original theme song. Chucky, instead of... Um, Being on a old school vacuum cleaner is basically riding around on a smart one of those smart Roomba type vacuums. Um, We get to see the little cat robot from the original Tommy still going after his bottle. There's a lot of similar facial movements and and it just exudes a new energy for Rugrats. Like I really love this intro Um, and that we get to see that weird cat robot again from the OG show that only really existed in the intro, and maybe this cat robot does uh, it does the same deal, it's just only in this intro, it does get destroyed by Angel Angelica's car there, so maybe that's a, a, an excuse as to why we will never see it in the show now, um, but it, it just, everything, every little detail you remember from the original theme song is present here. Um, the one thing I gotta mention, and it's been a sticking point with me since I've seen any stills or pictures or videos of this show the pickles need to invest in some lighting in their home. My goodness, is it dark in this house? I, I, you know, I know that this lighting, you know, makes things look, you know, like it's more cinematic, like it's bigger, but some indoor lighting would would be so much nicer like there's just got to be something i don't know they got to they got to do something about that it bothers me but i really love that intro i really do um for for a moment for 30 seconds of my life i was able to see this revival as more than just revival i i thought it was a carefully constructed reuse of the brand of rugrats Um, You know, look how many incarnations of the Flintstones there have been, the different incarnations and times they've gone into the worlds of Scooby-Doo and and the Jetsons and all the Hanna-Barbera properties. Um, The Nicktoons can go through the same thing as well. But the one thing that has to keep going and has to happen is if they're going to revive these shows and they've been doing it with a few other properties in movie form, but they've been creator driven. And that's what the Nicktoons originally represented was creator-driven animation, and they need to stick with that. Um, so I hope that whoever is running this fully behind the scenes, I hope I hope uh, Klasky, Shupo, and Paul Germain are all doing their best behind the scenes to make sure this is the best that it can be. Uh, if the intro is anything to go by, then I look forward to the show dropping on May 27th on Paramount Plus. With I think. A a September Nickelodeon premiere. I think that's what I heard was that eventually they were going to at least air it on television at some point. Um, But the show and any future seasons would obviously mainly be Paramount Plus exclusives. And that is This Week in Nickelodeon History. Um, If you would like to ever write into the show, uh, have your questions read out in the air, or if you would like to shout out any friends or family out there who might be Nickelodeon fans, you can do so. You can send me a letter at snailmail at euphonics.com, UFO, NYX.com send me your email and it will be read out on the air here I can give you a shout out and I just generally enjoy talking with other Nickelodeon fans Um, if you would like to help out the show there are many ways you can you can find this video on YouTube or the audio podcast on YouTube subscribe to us like our videos comment on our videos get some traction going there find us on social media at I'm ready podcast on Twitter at SpongeBob podcast on Instagram search for my show. I'm ready a SpongePod Squarecast on Facebook where future episodes of this week in Nickelodeon will also be uploaded alongside YouTube as well. Although the audio feed will always be the first place to get the earliest shows. So if you are listening to this uh, video-wise and you would like to follow the show more up-to-date, at least uh, up until everything gets cataloged through YouTube, you can do so. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasting needs, you can find this feed. That is This Week in Nickelodeon History. My name is Captain Eric, and we'll see you here next time. Oh, the Lord, on the Lord of the Hill, hey. Nick Nick, on the rickety little wire, living number one Nickelodeon.